Thank you all for tuning in to the 332nd episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane. As always, I want to thank you all for tuning in, whether it be via Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, or whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Being recorded from Buffalo, New York, as always, recording at 11.45 p.m. Eastern Time. Gonna have a great pod for all you guys. Gonna have Ben Karen on host of the Sports Squad of the podcast as we do our NFL and college football predictions for the NFL. We are going to dive into Week Two, predict all the games there, and for college football, we will dive into Week Three and give you guys all the predictions for that too, and talk about the Washington New York Giants football game that kind of had a little bit of a hectic ending. Now, before we get to that with Ben, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, subscribe and follow right now like legitimately right now also what i'm going to ask you guys to do is this share this podcast with your friends and family whether it be via reddit threads or facebook groups etc etc also subscribe to my youtube channel i post uh, clips of this podcast as well as my syndicate show outside the shop so subscribe to the youtube channel type in daryl lane and you will find it also follow me on twitter at night train underscore lane i'll say it again at night train underscore lane and lastly if you have Apple or iTunes, then give me a great comment and five stars. And for some odd reason, right, if you don't like the podcast, then don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, we're going to get to Ben Karen, host of the Sports Ball the Podcast. Kind of next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Ben Karen. He's the host of the Sports Crawler podcast. He's a, a dad. He's a brother. He's a teacher, a psychologist, Facebook group master, Seattle Seahawks fan, uh, San Antonio Spurs fan, Ohio State fan, the Cincinnati Bengals fan. Am I missing any other teams, Ben? Well, A&M, Darryl. Oh, yeah, A&M, too. Oh, my God, how could I forget? The, the Aggies. The Aggies. So, Ben wears many hats. How you doing, Ben? I'm great tonight. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. So, first, what I do have to ask you, I have to ask you about Giants versus Washington. The Giants end up... No, the Washington ends up winning on... A offsides, the field goal kicker misses the field goal. Uh, one of the Giants players is offsides, so then it gets brought back, and then he makes it. And now the Giants are 0-2. No, 
No. Uh, yeah, no. Giants are 0-2. Washington is 1-1. One one. How big do you think that is in terms of the division now and in the playoff race, kind of? Well, I think it's an extremely important game. Uh, what happened tonight is going to have some ramifications going down the stretch, even though it's early in the season. I think from what I've seen so far, I would favor Dallas probably to be the, the team to beat in the NFC East. Uh, Washington needed this game pretty bad tonight, and they found a way to get the job done. Uh, and I like what I'm seeing from Taylor Heineke. You know, I know um, he played Tom Brady in the Bucks tough in the playoffs last year, and we really haven't been talking about him much, but I like what he did tonight, Daryl. I thought he played pretty well. Um, and as far as the Giants are concerned, I think this is a do-or-die year for Daniel Jones, first and foremost, so... He's either going to get his act together or I don't think he's going to be in New York much longer. Um, and, and as far as the Giants go in general, I think there may be some other changes on the team, um, specifically with uh, David Gettleman as well, if they don't start winning some games this year. Are you sold on Daniel Jones or not? I am not sold on him. I think in the past he hasn't had a whole lot of talent around him, and I know they went out this offseason and they stocked up on some talent. Uh, and I'm, I'm interested to see how he does this year. I'm not really um, completely giving up hope on him, but I'm not sold on him either. He's still, in my opinion, kind of a wild card at this stage of the game. Yeah, I think people in New York thought that he was going to be able to take a Josh Allen leap. Uh, and obviously, that's not the case. But what's really interesting is, if you look at a guy like Heineke, right, undrafted out of Old Dominion, he's 34, 46, 336 yards, two touchdowns, throws an interception, and wins the game. Daniel Jones is a guy who was a first-round pick, and he's 22 or 32, 250 yards, and one touchdown. Tyler Heineke just straight up outplayed him and won the game. How big of a deal is that, do you think, for the Giants' perspective when they're like, okay... So, why why are we trying to invest all this in a guy who was a first-round asset when he just got outplayed by a guy who is a quote-unquote nobody? I think it's an extremely frustrating thing if you're the New York Giants. Um, Now, in all fairness to uh, Daniel Jones, prior to that draft happening, nobody thought he was going to be a first-round pick. Uh, I was pretty shocked when the Giants selected him. Uh, and I think him going so high in the draft has put some undue pressure on him. Uh, and I think it's maybe asked him to live up to some expectations that he's not able to live up to. Um, with that being said, you know, some of that blame also, as I alluded to earlier, is going to fall on David Gettleman. Um, and I haven't liked a lot of the uh, draft picks that Gettleman has, has made over the past couple of years. And I think... Um, there's a very good chance that he's not going to be with the Giants at the end of the season. Taylor Heineke, do you think he can be the future for Washington? I'm going to say at this point in time that I haven't seen enough to know. If I had to pick yes or no right now, I think I would go with yes because... In the limited sample size that we've seen of him, he's played pretty well. And I do want to say this, and because he did not start last game, and two of his only games starting, 
He's thrown for 300 yards, and one of those came against the Tampa Buccaneers, and that Washington-Tampa game was pretty close. And he played his butt off, and then he gets another one, end the division, goes 300 yards again. Potentially, do you think this is a situation where even if Ryan Fitzpatrick does come back, Ryan's not going to get his job back? I think we might be in that territory. And we I, I want to remind the listeners, too, that when we talk about the Washington football team and their uh, wide receiver core, we're not talking about an elite unit here. We're probably talking about one of the bottom five to bottom ten um, wide receiver units in the entire NFL. Uh, so the fact that Taylor Heineke is able to get that much production out of them uh, speaks a lot to his level of skill. So now I have to ask you this. So, Urban Meyer, your guy. Really bad performance with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They get blown out by the Houston Texans. And then all of a sudden, Clay Helton gets fired at USC. Everybody starts being like, is Urban going to go to USC? Is Urban going to go to USC? Urban has said no. He's not interested. I want to know what you think, Ben. Well, I don't think Urban Meyer is going to the um, Trojans um, at this point in time. I think that... If he wanted to still be in college coaching, he'd still be at The Ohio State. And in my, my estimation, The Ohio State is a better football program than USC. Um, I know some people can make the argument, well, if he stays at Ohio State, he's in the Big Ten East, and that's one of the tougher divisions in all of college football. And that's absolutely accurate. Uh, but on the same token, I think really Urban has proven everything that he could ever prove in college football and if he never coached on the sidelines of a college game ever again he'd probably still be considered one of the best coaches of all time so I, I think the uh, the NFL is kind of the final frontier for him and I'm not reading too much into it uh, that he lost the game on Sunday now uh, he got a warm welcome to the NFL from the Houston Texans and, uh, there are going to be some speed bumps along the way uh, for him if he kind of adjusts and learns uh, what's going to be happening in the NFL and what he needs to do. On a positive for Meyer, though, I liked what I saw from Trevor Lawrence this weekend, and I think he's going to find ways uh, to continue to utilize Lawrence moving forward. Well, quickly, I will say my opinion quickly of that game. I think, first of all, I don't understand why Carlos Hyde got more carries than James Robinson. That still baffles me. I, I don't know if that's because Urban used to coach him at Ohio State, but that baffles me. I thought they Trevor threw it like 50-plus times. I don't know why you know, you have your rookie quarterback throw it that many times. First ever game I, I in the regular season in the NFL with all the dogs after him. I, I, I just don't understand that either. Uh, and I think he Urban has done a bad job of picking his assistant coaches in terms of the coordinators. I think that has been a very mediocre job by Urban. Well, that might be the case. Only time is going to tell. I, I think one of the biggest things with the Jaguars is everybody knew this team was not going to be super successful this year. Uh, they just don't have the level of talent that most of the other NFL teams have, so it's going to take a while. This is a project. Um, I think we either see um, progression every year, kind of like what we've seen with your Buffalo Bills, 
uh, since Sean McDermott got there? We don't. Um, I think we're going to see an upward trajectory like what we saw with Buffalo, though. So let's assume Urban's not going to go to USC. I think that's where you're leaning, Ben. Who should USC pick as their next coach? Well, I think out of all the choices that are out there, two guys kind of come to mind for me. I mean, Gus Malzahn is out there, and that might be a possibility. And I also really like James Franklin at USC as well. I personally like Franklin more than Melzahn. I can't see Melzahn coaching. I think I've told you this before. To me, he's a Southern guy through and through. I, I just can't see him living out in the West. I don't think well, those are his type of people. You might be surprised the amount of people would be willing to go coach in Los Angeles, California. <laughs> that, that is very true. That's very true. But I feel like being in the South, you know, being around SEC football, that's just different from being out in L.A. It's just a very different vibe. I think USC is going to try to swing for the fences with what they do. Um, when, when you look at a guy like Clay Helton, he kind of came up from the assistant ranks. He, he rose to the top. Uh, he is with USC for a decade. Um, and I think this time around, they're, they're going to swing for the fences and go with uh, somebody that's already had a lot of success in college football. Um, you know, and, and to be honest with you, Daryl, I'm not even sure this is the right move for USC. Uh, getting rid of Helton, I was kind of surprised by that um, because he's done pretty well there. I think they're expecting somebody's going to come through the door and replicate what Pete Carroll did in the early 2000s, um, and I'm just not sure how viable that is. Who could be that Pete Carroll splash, though, that they could get at it? Do you think James Franklin could bring that? Well, I think uh, Gus Malzahn is really the top guy they could bring in um, but I, I think James Franklin could provide a splash as well. Obviously, he's been really successful um, over at Penn State. And he was successful at Vanderbilt, too. I think he had Vanderbilt had Vanderbilt had a 10-win season one year when he was there. I is, believe so, yes. Yeah, which is crazy because it's it's Vanderbilt. And, Ben, as you know, like Vanderbilt's like the worst SEC school. <laughs> I, I also wouldn't count out Hugh Freeze for a job like this, too. I think that's a candidate that's a little bit under the radar that could pop up. That's very, very... Now, before we get to our NFL predictions, I did really want to talk about this. So, with first take, uh, Max Kellerman's off, and now they're going to be rotating panels of all these different guests. I just want to know what your thoughts are on that, Ben. Well, uh, my initial thought on, on all of it, and I a big first take fan for quite a while um, was that Max Kellerman has been greatly underappreciated Daryl and I think he's been disrespected um, when I used to watch the show um, Max Kellerman would in my opinion a lot of times take the uh, harder side of the debate to defend and he'd do a pretty good job of defending it and I thought he had a pretty good dynamic going on with Stephen A. Smith so I was really surprised uh by the fact that Stephen A. just really didn't want to work with him. Um, so that's kind of my first takeaway. And then as far as this Stephen A. versus the world concept, I think it'll be fun in the sense that we're going to get to watch a lot of different people uh, rotate through and debate on a regular basis about a variety of sports topics. Uh, but I do think the quality of the show is going to suffer because Kellerman did such a nice job, and I don't think they're going to be able to fill his shoes. 
then I, I agree with most of everything you said. I think Max Kellerman has been disrespected. Max has done an admirable job filling in for Skip Bayless, and nobody is Skip Bayless, but Max Kellerman did a pretty damn good job. And, and First Take is, you know, one of the most popular show. It is the most popular show, really, in, in all sports. It is the most popular sports show. Uh, and Max is part of that. Now, he's not as big as Stephen A. I don't think anybody's ever thought that, but I thought Max did a, did a hell of a job. Uh, and I, I do think sometimes, I think maybe this is Stephen A.'s ego, I think, getting involved when he thinks that, you know, maybe we need to do Stephen A. versus the world. Maybe we've reached, because I guess from Stephen A.'s perspective, he believes that First Take had reached its peak with Max. And they needed something new. Stephen A. He, I was listening to something. He kind of compared it to like, you know, you can't keep bringing back the same championship team over and over again. Sometimes you need a, a some fr- new fresh players. That's how Steve, what Stephen A. Smith said. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing that I would say in favor of Stephen A. Smith is Stephen A. has a rare talent um, to bring uh, sports content and to bring entertainment. Like, I love the, the Dallas Cowboys skits that he does and, and some of the other goofy antics he has. Uh, and Kellerman is not quite the entertainer uh, that Stephen A. is. Uh, but, you know, if, if they want to kind of revamp and push it to the next level, then they have to go out and find somebody uh, that's not just going to be able to deliver those sports content um, moments for the fans, but also somebody that's going to be a little bit maybe more engaging than Kellerman was. Although I don't think he necessarily did a bad job at uh, engaging the fans. Now, they have Michael Irvin on on Mondays. Have you had a chance to check that out? I have not, but I'm looking forward to it. Because I, I, I do think Michael Irvin is one of those guys that can <laughs> uh, bring us pretty significant pop as far as the entertainment factors. That is very true. I think they're going to have Tim Tebow on uh, Fridays. That's going to be kind of wait and see, I guess. I know Tim is uh, wildly popular, and obviously just with um, you know his SEC ties, and that's usually uh, the conference I watch the most of in college football, I, I know he is pretty good as far as the X's and O's of some of the different sports go. Uh, so he's definitely going to be able to provide that content. I don't know if he's going to be able to provide that like entertaining, over-the-top kind of pop. Uh, that maybe they're looking for. Oh, but do you think Michael can provide that? I, I do think Michael can provide that. <laughs> I, I don't, I, no question. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I agree. So we're going to do this. We're going to take a quick break. And then come next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into our week two NFL predictions. Got them next out of the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Sports like we still have Ben Karen with us, host of the Sports Crawler podcast. So, Ben, last week when we did our NFL predictions for week one, I believe you were we tied actually. You were nine and six, and I was nine and six. All right, not bad, not a bad way to get started. 
Now, hopefully, the tie gets broken this weekend. So, first, let's start with this game. New England at the Jets. What do you see happening? Well, I think New England's going to dominate this football game, Daryl. I mean, it really comes down to Coach Belichick playing rookie quarterbacks, and his record there is almost spotless. Uh, So I think he's going to throw things at Josh um, that he's never seen before, and I just, you know, I think it's going to get ugly. Or Zach, sorry, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson is going to be confused. Uh, Bill Belichick will come up with a good game plan, and Mac Jones will probably be efficient and run the ball, and I'm going to say the Patriots win this one definitively, probably like 24 to 10. I was I completely agree with you actually everything I think potentially because since I think Zach Wilson is so talented maybe he can make this game a little bit closer towards the end maybe get a garbage touchdown and make it a one score game uh, but at the end of the day I think he's going to see a lot of looks he's never seen before this is a lot different from those looks he was getting in the BYU Coastal Carolina game Ben this is a little bit of a level up I have to say just a tad bit of a higher level uh, he's going to see some things he hasn't seen before. I think Mac is going to control the game. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play physical. And I'm going to go with the New England Patriots 24 to the Jets 13. Now, next we have the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can the Broncos start out 2-0, and Ben? They can start out 2-0, and and they're going to start out 2-0. From what I saw out of Jacksonville, saw some good stuff, but I think they're asking Trevor Lawrence to do a little bit too much, and I just think it's going to be too tall of a task uh, for them to overcome when they have to play Denver. You got Teddy Bridgewater. He's certainly capable of playing well enough to not give a game away, and I just think Von Miller and Bradley Chubb are, are going to give Trevor Lawrence a hard time. Uh, so I'll go with Denver here. I'm going to say 26-14, to 14, the Broncos win. I'm going to go with Denver, too. I, I agree with you again. Uh, the pass rush, I think, is going to be an issue. Jacksonville's offensive line isn't that great. I think Trevor's going to get hit. I think we might see a pick six from Trevor as well. I They're not going to be able to really run the ball. Uh, I think Teddy's going to do a good job of just staying solid, not turning the ball over. I think we're going to see a very efficient day from Denver's offense. I think we're going to see a score of, let's say, 31 to Jacksonville's 17. And next we have my Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. All right. Well, Daryl, I'm going to tell you something you want to hear on this one. I think Josh Allen bounces back. I think that Buffalo team in general, just they play a lot better, a lot cleaner. When they're getting into the red zone, I think they're going to be able to get the ball into the end zone. Uh, And I'll go with Buffalo in this one, and I think they're going to be able to put up 30 points. I see them beating the Dolphins. I'm going to say 30-21. to This is going to be a very tough game, Ben. Miami's tough. They have a really good defense. I think Tua is coming along in a decent way. They have some weapons. They have a very good secondary, and I love Brian Flores as a coach. But I'm going with the Bills. 27-24. to 24. I think this is going to be war. The Bills are going to get everything they asked for, and even more than that, 
for the Dolphins because I think the Dolphins realize that they can start 2-0. and That helps them a lot for the division. And the Bills definitely don't want to start 0-2, but I think Josh Allen and the offense is going to have a bounce-back game. So next we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, yeah, this is, uh, I think this is going to be closer than people think. I think Philly will keep it close, but I like San Francisco here. Um, I think they're going to find a way to win this game. And I'm going to go with San Francisco here, Daryl. 27-24, Philly keeps it close. I think kind of like the game uh, with the Broncos and the Jaguars, so I think the 49ers are going to... Um, going to put some pressure on Jalen Hurts. And I think that's probably going to be the difference in the game. If the Eagles win, can we say Jalen Hurts is for real? Not yet. Not yet. But I would say we're trending that way if he, if he wins. So I will go San Francisco 20, Philadelphia 14, uh, I still have questions about Jalen as a passer. I know he passed well against the Falcons. The Falcons don't have a good defense. This is a higher level of pass rush, of secondary play, of coaching that he's going to go up against. So I think it's going to be very interesting. I also think San Francisco is going to find a way to run the ball. Jimmy G is going to be efficient, so I'm going to go with the Niners. 22-14. Now we have the L.A. Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going to go with L.A. Rams in this game. Thought they looked pretty good against Chicago this week. Um, Colts, a little bit of a question mark on offense. The offensive line did not look that great. Seattle um, was able to get, in my opinion, a surprising amount of pressure. Uh, and I think that does not bode well when you're playing against Aaron, uh, Aaron Donald um, and, and some of those guys. So I like the Rams here, and I like them to win, I'm going to say, 38 and the Colts are going to be 24. I'm going to go with the Rams, and I'm going to say 35, and I'll say the Colts get 23. I'll say 23, 35 to 23. You know how I feel about Matthew Stafford, Ben. Super talented, and McVay, great offensive mind. I think they're going to dial up offensive play after offensive play. I think they're going to put it to the Colts, as you probably well know, because I'm sure you watched them play the Seahawks. The Colts are very overrated, Ben. That was the most anticlimactic game of the weekend. The Colts. Well, Arizona versus uh, Tennessee was pretty anticlimactic, too. That is very true. But yes, it, it, I expected the Colts to put up a, a, a lot more of a fight than they than they put up. I thought the Seahawks and Colts could have been one of the underrated games of the weekend, Ben. And it turned out being just a boring Russ and Co. Just make quick work and slice and dice them. I think that's what we're going to see with Stafford and the Rams. So now we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got, Ben? I'm going to go with Pittsburgh in this game, Daryl. Um, I'm not sure right now that the Raiders are disciplined enough uh, to keep themselves in check after after winning a big game on Monday Night Football this past week. I think they're going to come in. There's going to be a little bit of a hangover. Um, I'm looking at it. They're on a short week. They have to fly to the East Coast to play Pittsburgh. I just don't like them in that spot, so I'll go with the Steelers. I think Pittsburgh wins this one. 
Uh, probably like 30 to 24. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. We're agreeing a lot today, Ben. I'm going to go with the Steelers as well. Uh, I think the pass rush is going to be a lot for Derek Carr. I think he's going to turn the ball over. I also think something to point out is they're going to be on a little bit shorter day of rest since they were playing on Monday, Monday night, while Pittsburgh was playing on Sunday. So that's going to give them one last day to prepare, and I think that's going to be all the difference. So I'm going to say Pittsburgh... 23, and I'm going to say the Raiders, I'll say they get 16. So 23 to 16, I think it's going to be a long day for Gruden in that offense. Now we're going to have the Cincinnati Bengals at the Chicago Bears. Ben, what do you see happening? Well, I'm going to pick Cincinnati again this weekend, Daryl. I had luck with them last weekend. I like what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow, um, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, the Bengals are starting to get an identity here. And when I look at Chicago and what happened to them last weekend, I'm not seeing that same level of identity. You know, uh, Andy Dalton, not a whole lot of exciting things happening on offense for the Bears. I like the Bengals to come in, and I like them to, to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I'll go with the Bengals 30, Chicago 27. Um, it's an outside game at Soldier Field. But then again, the Bengals play outdoors. So I go with the Bengals here. And I think Joe Burrow looks good for another week. I'm going to go with the Bengals as well. 35-234. They need to play Justin Fields. Uh, Justin, you know, their best quarterback is on the bench, which I think is just insane. Burrow and Co. showed me something against the Vikings. I did not expect them to get it done. Uh, but I'm impressed. Joe's a, a tough son of a gun. Joe Burrow is a tough football player. He is smart. He's accurate. He knows what he's doing with the football. Uh, and he is a bright young star. And I'm going to go with the Bengals. Now, next, we have the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. Can Houston get another shocking win, Ben? Uh, no. <laughs> Look, Daryl, uh, Cleveland Browns are just uh, pretty much superior to the Texans. With every single unit, pretty much, I would say, across the board. And I think this is going to be one of those slice them and dice them games. Um, I'm going to go here with Cleveland 42, Texans 17. I'll say Cleveland, I'll go Cleveland 41, and I'll say Houston 20. Uh, but I do agree with you. You know, they're going to run the ball down. Uh, the throw of the Houston Texans. They, they, they don't have the talent. We're just talking about two rosters. The Cleveland has a top five roster. Houston has a bottom five roster. There's no reason this game should be competitive at all heading into the fourth quarter. So next we have the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with New Orleans on the road. Um, I liked what I saw out of Jameis Winston. I liked what I saw out of the defense. I liked what I saw from Alvin Kamara, I mean, there's nothing not to like about the way the Saints played. Panthers also look pretty decent, but I just, I look at these two teams, Daryl, right now I think uh, New Orleans still has more talent. Um, and we know Jameis, uh, you know, uh, overall I think he's just better than Sam Donald at the quarterback spot, and I think the Saints have the coaching edge. Uh, so I'm going to go with New Orleans here. Uh, I'm going to say 35-24 Saints. I'm going to go with the Saints 30-20. Uh, 
And Jameis looked really well. Really, he looks really good against the Green Bay Packers. I think he's going to look good against the Carolina Panthers. I think they're going to. The Saints are going to get a lead. Sam's going to have to press. I think Sam might turn the ball over, fumble, pick six, something like that. They're going to get a scoop and score. I think that's going to make it worse. Uh, the Saints pass rushers are going to be able to tee off on Sam Donald, and I think that exacerbates things. And I think James is playing well, and Sean Payne and them, they got him in a rhythm. They got him in that funk choice, so I'm going to go with the Saints 32-20. Now we have the Minnesota Vikings at the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, all right. A game that's happening in my backyard this weekend. I will go with the hometown Cardinals here, Daryl. They really looked good last weekend. They really blew the doors off the Titans in a way that I did not expect. Um, I I, I like them, and I'm starting to feel like the Vikings, Daryl, after last season, and then, you know, losing to Cincinnati last weekend, I think they're a little bit overrated. So I'm going to go with Cardinals here. I think this is going to be a close game. I'm going to say Cardinals 32, Vikings 30. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals, and I'm going to say Arizona 31, and I'll say Vikings 27. Kyler's just a special talent, man. He's a special talent. I think Minnesota's going to have their day. They're going to have a long day, a very, very long day. And I'm almost kind of tempted to say that this is going to be a blog, given what I just saw them do to the Titans. And I think the Vikings and Titans are kind of similar in terms of talent, but I think this game will be a lot closer. But nonetheless, Kyler and Kingsbury get the job done. So now we have the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tampa Bay is going to win this one. Uh, Tampa Bay, I thought, played pretty bad last Thursday night. And they still managed to win the game. I don't think they play that sloppy again. Uh, and I think they're going to roll through the Falcons without much trouble. Um, I have, on the Falcon side of things, I have some question marks about whether Arthur Smith is a head coach or not. Uh, so I'll go here with Buccaneers 45. I'm going to say Falcons 28. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers 38 to the Falcons 14. They're going to dominate them in all three phases of the game, special teams, offense, and defense. Uh, Atlanta is a very soft football team. They're not a physical football team. I don't think they have high-level players on defense. Kyle Pitts is still coming along. He's not, he hasn't come on quick enough. Uh, so I'm going to say that the Buccaneers thoroughly dominate the Falcons. So next we have the Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. Well, I'm going to go with Seattle at home. I actually, my reasoning for this is I think Arizona and Seattle are very similar teams. And and the Titans really had no answers for Arizona last weekend. And I think it's just going to get worse now that the Titans have to go on the road. Um, I, I see Russell Wilson as a slightly better, more experienced version of a Kyler Murray. Uh, and, and I just, I think this is going to be all kinds of trouble for Tennessee. Um, I this might be a game where Seattle runs up the score quite a bit. I will say Seahawks 36, Titans 21. You know, if the Titans didn't look so bad against the Cardinals, I'd pick the Titans. But given how awful they looked, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think this game will be close, though. I'll say 26-23. to 23. Uh, 
I think Derrick Henry is going to get it back on track. They're going to find a way to run the football. I just think at the end of the day, Russ is going to pull off some Russ Wilson magic. So now we have the Dallas Cowboys at the L.A. Chargers. What do you see happening, Ben? Well, Daryl, I, I see the Cowboys bouncing back from what happened last weekend, or well, last Thursday, rather. Dak uh, played really well. I think we're going to see Dak play solid again. I, I also think that they're going to uh, get Ezekiel Elliott going and just feed him the ball um, and keep uh, that Chargers offense on the sideline as much as possible. Uh, and I, I just like Dallas in this game. I think they're going to come back nicely here. I'm going to go with Dallas 23, L.A. 17. And I'm going to go with the Chargers, and I'm going to say I'm going to go with L.A. 38 to the Cowboys 34. I think this is going to be a shootout. Lots of, lots of points are going to be on the board. Lots of yards thrown for. I just think at the end of the day, my guy, Justin Herbert, is going to get the job done. So now we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens, Ben. If both teams were healthy, I would say this is a trap game for the Chiefs. However, Baltimore has some injuries in the running back position. Kansas City looks a little bit healthier right now. Therefore, I will go with Patrick Mahomes and company to win the game. And I think they're going to win it. I'll say 45-30, or I'll say 40-35. to I'm going to say 30-14 Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to blitz the, the Ravens. Like, the Ravens are going to know what hit them. I think we've seen historically Patrick Mahomes dominate the matchup against Lamar. I don't think the Ravens in any shape or form match up well with the KC Chiefs at all and lastly for Monday Night Football we have the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers Ben who do you got well Daryl uh, Monday night is going to be a good night for people to um, to get some chores done around the house do some other stuff it's not going to be a very entertaining game uh, Lions are just terrible if I'm Green Bay I mean what a great spot to be in you looked really bad last weekend but what, a, what an opportunity here to get back on track if you're the Packers. I think the Packers do it. They get back on track at home at Lambeau Field. I think that they're going to blow the doors off the Lions. I'll go 45, Lions 12. I'm going to go with the Packers, and I'll say Green Bay 40 to Detroit. I'll say Detroit finds a way to get 28. I think it'll be maybe kind of similar to that 49ers game, but the Packers, just a different level of talent. They're going to need to hit a bounce back. Definitely don't want to start 0-2. That would not be very good for the quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers' last dance. And that's it for all of our Week 2 NFL predictions. And kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, me and Ben are going to get into our Week 3 college football predictions. Kind of next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. high school to four straight state championship game appearances. Very few high major recruiters looked at the six foot tall, 180 pounder and said, quarterback. Oh, it on a dive, like how ain't even tried. Just a kid from Briarwood's a 
Barbershop Sports Talk, we still have Ben Karen with us. Now, before we get to our week three college football predictions, Ben, I'll give you the floor to deconstruct my top eight playoff rankings, and you can give me a grade. So, at number one, I had Alabama. At number two, I had Georgia. At number three, I believe I had Oregon. No, I had Oklahoma at number three. At number four, I had Oregon. At number five, I had Ohio State. At number six, I had Clemson. At number seven, I had Cincinnati. At number eight, I had Texas A&M. Your thoughts? Ah, oh, man. Ouch. All right. Um, ooh, so, so overall grade for everything, um, I'd give you a D. A D? Really? Yeah, but I think it was. I don't think it went well for you. I mean, now I would agree with your, your top two. Okay, so we'll start there. I think Alabama, Georgia, uh, that's something most people agree with. Um, now, Oklahoma, third. I mean, I, that's where I start having the problems. Uh, we haven't really seen them beat a real team yet this year. Uh, they, you know, managed to beat Tulane by five points, which I find to be kind of concerning. Um, I do not think in any way, shape, or form uh, Spencer Rattler has played up to all the hype. And I, I, I think he's on on a, a path to possibly get exposed this season uh, for just not being quite as good as everybody thinks he is. Um, whereas I would actually have Oregon at number three. Um, I was pretty impressed with the fact they went into the horseshoe and they beat the Ohio State this weekend. Uh, and they led the entire game, too, I might add. Uh, so I really liked what I saw from Oregon and, 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 and had off to them. Um, and then um, I would actually have, I think, um, Texas A&M would be at four for me. Not that I'm a homer for Texas A&M necessarily, but I look at what happened this weekend, and I think Colorado is a pretty good team. I mean, it's, you know, they're probably top three in the Pac-12. And A&M, with with essentially nothing going right for them, and a backup quarterback, they managed to go on the road, beat Colorado, uh, which I was impressed by to some degree. Um, Who do you have at fifth again? Fifth is Ohio State. Fifth is Ohio State. Um... Yeah, that's probably that's that's fair. I can see where you where you come to that conclusion. And then who was six for you? Clemson. Clemson again, you know, probably fair. Um, and then seven, you have Cincinnati, eight A uh, and M. I would slide UCLA, Daryl, somewhere up into up into my my top eight. Um, I I think you're kind of disrespecting Chip Kelly and what they're doing out there. Um. I would probably drop Cincinnati out. I think I have them at like number sixteen on my list right now. Uh, there, I have some just a number of teams ahead of them still. Teams like Florida, um, Arkansas. After they um, kind of ran through Texas, I thought that was pretty impressive what they did. Uh, and and stop um, being disrespectful towards Cincinnati, Daryl. Um, but I, I just you know I, I want to see more from them before I kind of make a decision. Um, they've got a couple of um, couple of games coming up that I think are going to be pretty critical, and I'd like to see them play a higher level of competition than uh, Miami of Ohio and Murray State. 
if they beat Indiana 80 to 0, will you take a pause and be like, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. If they, if they can beat Indiana 80 to 0, I would definitely do that. So could that move them up into the, your top 10? Your top 8? It, it would probably at least move them into my top 10. I don't know about my top 8. <laughs> that kind of depends on what some of those other teams that I have uh, ranked ahead of them do. So, let's start with our predictions. So, we can actually start with this game. Uh, Cincinnati, number 8 ranked Cincinnati at Indiana. What do you see happening, Ben? Well, I, I think I see uh, tragedy for the Bearcats happening here. I mean, <laughs> Indiana, remember, they had a pretty good, good season last year. I know, you know, Cincinnati right now is favored by about three and a half, but I, I like Indiana. It's going to be in Bloomington, and I think Indiana finds a way to win this game. And I'll say that it's going to be close the entire way, but I think Indiana clips them 30-27. to 27. I think we kind of disagree. I'm going with Cincinnati 31-10. to like 10. I think they're going to, like, clearly win. I think they're going to dominate. They're going to look like the bigger, faster, more physical football team. And they're going to make quick work of Indiana. And show people like you, Ben, what they're all about. Oh, that'd be interesting because you know, we're, we're heading into a matchup, a uh, pretty compelling matchup in South Bend if, if that happens. Yes. And, okay, then if they beat Notre Dame 8 0, then will you start taking more seriously? Yeah. Yep. Can that put them in your top eight? That would definitely do it. <laughs> would that put them in your top five? I don't know. We'd have to see. <laughs> Depends on how UCLA looks. So, Nebraska at Oklahoma. I think it's going to be closer than people think, but I will go with Oklahoma to, to outlast Nebraska. I say Oklahoma 45, Nebraska 42. I think this is going to be like one of those classic Big 12 games where there's no defense. Yeah, I'll go with Oklahoma 44 to... Nebraska 30, a lot of points scored, but at the end of the day, Spencer Rattler and company are going to get the job done. Now, UNM at Texas A&M. I will say 32-0 is my prediction. I think early on, the backup quarterback for A&M is going to struggle a little bit, but I like this game for him in this moment because I think it's going to give him uh, a chance to get some extra reps and, and get A&M uh, back on track before the SEC play starts. I'm going to go with A&M 21-12. I think this is going to be an underrated game. I think a and just going to barely get by and they're going to have to do some soul searching because I think it's going to be a close game, Ben. I, th- I think you're going to have to be a little tight during this game, Ben. I don't think so. (laughs) So next we have Virginia Tech at West Virginia. Ben, what do you see happening? Well, I I like Virginia Tech, I think, to win this game. I think it's going to be close. I'll go with Virginia Tech 35, West Virginia 31. Um, I guess I see it as an offensive shootout. You know, uh, we know Jared... Uh, Dodge, he can play for West Virginia, and he's going to show up. Uh, but I just I like what what Virginia Tech is doing. I think they win in Morgantown this weekend. 
So I'm going to go with Virginia Tech as well. 24 to West Virginia's 21. I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, but I think the Virginia Tech defense is going to do a very good job and stifle the West Virginia offense. So at next, we have uh, Coastal Carolina, the number 16th right, Coastal Carolina, that you thought was going to get upset by Kansas versus my UB Bulls in Buffalo. Ben, what do you see happening? Well, I'm, I'll go with Coastal Carolina oh. this one. Um, I'm going to say they, they win this one. I, I like them. I, I think probably 27 to 13 sounds about right. I'm going to go with UB. And I'm going to say we win 23 to 20. So next we have Michigan State at... Miami, the Hurricanes. Ben, what do you see going on? I like the Hurricanes in this one. Um, I think they hand Michigan State uh, the first loss of the season. I think it's going to be another good game, another tight game. I think Miami outlasts them 37-31. to 31. I'm going to go Miami, and I'm going to say Miami wins 31-24. to 24. Derek King Gets a last-second drive and scores the touchdown for the win. Now, NIU at Michigan in the big house. Number 25th-ranked Michigan. What do you see happen? Oh, it's not going to be a problem for Michigan, Daryl. Um, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 38, Michigan. NIU, I'll give about 14 to. I'm going to go Michigan 20, NIU 3. I think it's going to be a lot closer game. I just think they're going to physically beat up and dominate NIU. But I'm still not sold on the Michigan passing attack. But they show that they can run the football when it really gets down to it. So next we're going to have Purdue at Notre Dame. Now, Ben, Notre Dame had a close call with Toledo. Yeah. And Florida State. I just I don't see Purdue beating them in South Bend, Daryl. I will I will give Notre Dame the benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, Notre Dame Notre Dame thirty, Purdue twenty eight. I think it's close, but Notre Dame wins. I'm gonna go Notre Dame thirty one, Purdue thirty. Very close, but I think Notre Dame just gets by the skin of their teeth. Now this is probably the biggest game. Of all the college football world, this is a game for the fans, Ben. Number one, Alabama at number eleven, Florida. Is this game? Is this, is this a game for the fans, Ben? No, I mean this is this is the most overhyped game of the weekend. Oh God, Ben! Um, you know, listen, Al- Alabama is gonna gonna roll these guys. I mean, the, the, there's just a, a different level here for Alabama versus Florida. I'm gonna go with Alabama. 42, Florida 28. I'm going to go with Alabama, and I'll say 32 to Florida's 28. I think this is going to be a close game. (laughs) That's a crazy prediction. Then, I mean, I almost thought about picking the upset, but I couldn't quite go there. What are you talking about? Dan Mullen's a big game coach, Ben. Yeah, well, even when he was coaching at Mississippi State, they weren't exactly beating Alabama, at least not very often. That is fair. 
Now next we're going to have Kent State at number five, Iowa. Yeah, number five, Iowa. These guys are going to clean them up, Daryl. It's going to be 28-0. I think they just out and out blank Kent State. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say 21-0, Iowa. Isn't it kind of great? Can I just add here, I mean, when we talk about top eight teams, maybe this team is a team that deserves more consideration because they're looking good so far this season. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is is Iowa like an underrated number? They're number, they're number five in the country, but I don't think people are taking Iowa all that seriously. Well, I don't think they're taking them seriously yet, but I think they're they're. I, I like what I'm seeing from them right now. You know, I I would say they're like a fringe top eight team. Next, we're going to have Georgia Tech at Clemson. Oh, Clemson's going to win this one big. This is probably not one worth watching. I'll go with Clemson 45, Georgia Tech 23. I think this game's going to be a lot closer than you think. I'll, I'll say Clemson 31, I'll say Georgia Tech 14. Uh, now next, we're going to have Florida State at Wake Forest. I see this one being closer. I'm going to say Florida State 28, Wake Forest 26. I'm going to go Florida State 24, Wake Forest 20. Now next we're going to have Tulsa at number 9, Ohio State. 56-0, Daryl, Ohio State. Ben, don't do that. I'm doing it. <laughs> I kind of want to pick the upset. The Ohio State defense is awful, Ben. So they're gonna—they're not gonna blank them. <laughs> I don't well, believe. They are this weekend, I think. I—I I, I think that we're gonna see at least they're, they're gonna put up like 30 on Ohio State. I'll say Ohio State gets low, low 50s, high 40s. But I'll say 49 to like 37. 49-37, a lot of points scored, and Ryan Day is still pulling his hair out and very upset at the lack of defensive production the Buckeyes are putting out, but they still get the job done. Uh, now, this is a game, okay, Ben, tell me if this is a game that can be the game for the fans. Number 22, Auburn, at number 10, Penn State. I think this is the best game of the week, actually. I mean, I know a lot of people looking at Florida versus Alabama, but this is the game right here. And I am going to go with Penn State on this one. I will go with Penn State 35, Auburn 32. I'm going to go with Auburn 21 to Penn State's 20. I think this is going to be a tough physical football game. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go with Auburn. Next, we have the University of Virginia at UNC. I think Sam Howell bounces back here, probably throws like five touchdown passes this weekend. Um, I, I like them in this game, and I'll go with them. I'm going to say like 49-38. I'm going to go with uh, North Carolina as well, and I'll say 40-20. to 20. 
Now, this should be interesting for you, Ben. Tulane at number 17, Mississippi. Old Miss. Yeah, Old, Old Miss is going to take care of these guys. Um, I think it's going to maybe be like a, a lower scoring game than people think, but I'll, I'll go with Old Miss 23, Tulane 13. Now, Tulane almost did beat Oklahoma, though, Ben. True enough, but I think Old Miss is going to distance themselves. I'm going to go to Tulane to pull off the upset in Oxford, and I'm going to say they do it 32-30 and shock the college football world and get a win for the little guy. So next we're going to have Central Michigan at LSU. Oh, come on, Daryl. We're really doing this one? Um... <laughs> LSU is going to crush these guys. This is going to be like a uh, 37-0 dominating win for the, the Tigers. I'm going to go LSU 28-3. Now, next, we're going to have Oklahoma State at Boise State. Um, I'll go with uh, Oklahoma State here. I think it's going to be close. I'll go with them 27, Boise 20. I'm going to go with... Boise, 27 to Oklahoma State's 24. Now next, we're going to have 19 ASU at number 23 BYU. I will go with Herm Edwards and Arizona State to get the job done. I think they're going to win at 35-25. I'm going to go with BYU, and I'm going to say they win 23 to 20 and next we're going to have number 14 ISU Iowa State University at UNLV yeah um Iowa State wins this one I think they'll win 26 to probably 17 yeah I'm going to go with Iowa State as well and I will say they win 31 to uh, 19. I'll say 31 to 19 on that. And now, lastly, USC at Washington State University. Well, I will go with USC in this one. I think anytime there's like a coaching mix-up, uh, the team tends to play a little bit more on edge. I'll go with USC. Um, I'm going to say 24 Washington State 20. And I'm going to go with USC and I'll say 34 to Washington State 29. And actually, I'll give you one more. I'll get, I'll, I got one more for you, Ben. South Carolina at Georgia. Well, um, I, I'm actually I'm going to go with the upset here. I think South Carolina is going to find a way to beat these guys. Um, and I think they're gonna they're gonna beat them by a final score of I'm gonna say we're looking at um, twenty seven twenty four. You know, people might laugh at the prediction, but South Carolina clipped them a couple years ago. Uh, here's the one thing I will say: this Georgia offense is not great. They're not going to be and and, and like here's the thing. Georgia could be in a situation if JT Daniels has a bad game where he throws a couple pick sixes, maybe a running back has a fumble, 
there are JT fumbles himself, uh, stuff like that that puts him in bad field position, right? Th th this could be a situation like you know where it's a lot closer than maybe it should be. Because I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a given, Daryl, that that Georgia wins this. I mean, these guys know each other pretty well, um, and and I I think it's going to be a fight. Yeah. The issue is I don't think South Carolina, they're not going to be able to, I don't know how they're going to be able to move the ball down the field. I think it's going to take a, Georgia's offense is going to have to really wet the bed for them to lose this game. And put the defense in some precarious situations. And that may very well happen. I'm going to go with Georgia. I'm going to say they win in a shutout 21-0. to and that's all we have for week three college football predictions. Ben, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, Daryl. Thanks for having me. And once again, I want to thank Ben Karen for coming on the podcast. I always appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 332nd episode of... Barbershop Sports Talk!